Welcome to Boost Power Podcast. Inspiration, insights, and ideas for your business and your journey. Hi, and welcome to Boost Power Podcast. Today's the first day of the rest of your life, and it's going to be great because we have Katie Andrea on the show. This is your host, Betsy Wiersma, and we are going to spend some time hearing her story because she is part of the book, The Stew. Smart Talk, Exceptional Women. And the purpose of the book, The Stew, is really to tell stories that can uplift and inspire the world. Because many of us go around and we're like, it's only me that has that. It's only me that feels that. It's only me that. And then you realize, oh my gosh, there's all these other people that are going through the same thing. So The Stew was created in 2020. Actually, it began during the lockdown for the COVID crisis. And that was the blessing because I was able to find 62 women who each poured out their thousand words to the world. And we have one of them. Welcome, Katie. Thank you so much for having me, Betsy. It's an honor to be here. Well, uh, I love you, and we've had you on Boost Power Podcast for your job before, Arla Soul, and talked about, you know, planning and reconstruction, but today is all about you, friend. It is all about you. Today's a day about you. Girl power. Girl power. <laughs> and, you, you know, I love your youthful perspective, and I love your story. So I want to go back a little bit to the beginning, because if we took a snapshot of you, let's call it your freshman year. Uh, in college, right? The girl that had everything, your high school sports, uh, incredible career. Tell them a little bit about what was going on with you growing up and then how that really manifested as you became a young adult. Mm, Good question. I love that. It's interesting to look back with the hindsight, 2020, literally and (laughs) metaphorically. Um, So at the time when I was in high school and in college, I was so blind to what was going on. Like everything was just as it was. I worked hard. I played my sports. I did my chores. I hung out with my friends. Um, And like life was fine. And as I encountered more hardship when I graduated from college and was doing my first job in DC and encountering some health issues, some mental health issues, It was only then with that contrast that I began to wake up and see what was actually missing back then that I didn't know was missing. Um, So I don't know if that answers your question. Well, no, let's talk a little bit more about that because I'm a mother of a, you know, burgeoning teenager off to college in 2020 fall. Um, Amen. Everything crossed as soon as she gets her (laughs) Italian student visa. So if you're listening to this, hopefully you, uh, Sarah's already launched and she did get her student visa. But um, I'm curious, what caused you to do your chores and do everything and be the good girl? Because I have that opposite experience in my household and I was (laughs) you, right? I did everything I was supposed to, in quotes, do. but I then went behind the scenes and did everything I wasn't supposed to do and never got caught. So mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about like what was ingrained in you from your family where you just did the already always, you know, this is what I'm supposed to do until you woke up and said, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Man, that wiring goes deep. <laughs> a lot of my work has been about on rewiring those belief systems and structures. Um, But it was basically like, if you're a good girl, if you look good, if you sound good, if you do the good thing, um, then you're worth it. You're worthy. 
eventually you find some way to heaven. I come from the Northeast with really strong puritanical roots of um, idleness is a sin. You must do, do, do to be worthy. And I know Betsy, you and I both have this in common. So I was a chronic doer and I still to this day encounter a lot of friction uh, with doing. Um, so now I'm focusing more on being, but doing is something I align with because the more you do, the better you are, the more worth it you are to the people around you. And it's freaking exhausting. Yep. And so one thing I've gotten in touch with is what's the source of my doing? Is it internal or external? So intrinsic motivation or extrinsic motivation and what's my why behind it? And at a young age, like you, <laughs> back in the day, like me back in the day, I just did it because I thought that it was like a way to keep me safe and alive, really, to earn my place. Right. Right. Well, so um, so give them the snapshot about your uh, highly regarded college, because I went to mm -hmm. Purdue University and people accidentally think it's the Ivy League. You actually went to an Ivy League school. Yeah, I went to Yale University in New Haven. I graduated in 2013. It was as incredible as people think, and it kicked my butt. I'll never forget. <laughs> my dad dropped me off, and he said, um, you're definitely not going to be the smartest or the best of your class, so don't really focus on your, you know, don't try too hard to be, you know, don't suffer too much to be at the top. So I had a lot of fun my freshman fall, and then he said, actually, you do have to do your schoolwork. Um, but yeah, it was great. It just an enormous amount of exposure to different people, different cultures, different ideas, um, different levels of commitment. I was on the rowing team for two years, so I got to be a Division One athlete. We won the NCAA, so I got to learn firsthand what dedication meant every single day for two years. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, when I think back on it, I just feel this like enormous warmth in my heart for the gratitude that I had to have had that experience. Yeah, well, and and to be an athlete and to be doing it all and having it all. So go from there and then walk us through the what happened. And and I wanna get into you know some of the details of what sent you really on your personal journey, which became a physical journey of travel and exploration. And um, it's funny, I when I talk to you, I always think back. I was in high school in this group called Up With People came to my high school. Now, this would have been 1978, 1979, I graduated. And they said, hey, you know, we want people to travel the world and sing, which wouldn't have been my thing, but I could fake it pretty good. And I was a ham <laughs> and I was a yearbook editor. And we want you to travel the world and perform and do community service, you know. And of course, if you look at my Betsy, who I am now, that was super like on for who I would be, right? But my family was from a Midwest conservative. I worked at McDonald's the day I turned 16. I paid for my college. You know, we didn't have a, a penny that was around. Plus that was just too big of an idea for parents that barely left America. I don't think ever, maybe they went to Alaska. Yeah, I think Hawaii. But you know, so it was out of their, um, out of their realm of consideration. They absolutely slammed that down. No, you could never travel the world. Isn't that funny? And so there I was, that just wasn't an option. It was like, no, you stay home and you work at McDonald's, you know, and pay for your college. So um, 
I, it's just, I look back and think, wow, that would have been a very interesting path if I had gotten exposed to all that so young, but it wasn't my time. I found that in my twenties and thirties, you know, with speaking. So um, go back to, we're in sophomore year now at Yale, you're rocking it. You're at the top of your athletic game and then, and the crowd waits. And then what happened? Oh, and then I got super present to how injured I was physically, mentally, and emotionally. My body broke down from overuse injuries. I had to go to the training room for like an hour and a half to two hours a day, doing two a days, commuting to the boathouse, which was 30 minutes away from campus, and spending about 35 hours a week doing rowing related things. And I don't know, I'm like a, a big believer in um, like full body, full being health. And so when my body started to break down, my, I mentally had a really, really tough time. I started to struggle with massive amounts of anxiety. I wanted to do anything but rowing related things because it evoked so much pain. Um, and spiritually, I was just kind of crushed. Like I felt like I was like you, almost like living in my little box of doing. Like I had to I was so aligned with the identity of an athlete. I had always been an athlete, even though I've had massive injuries that have taken me out for, you know, three quarters of a year at a time, back to back. Um, I was like, who am I without sport? Who am I if I can't win something? Where am I getting my significance from if I'm not beating someone across the line? Um, and so one of the hardest choices I've ever had to make was calling my coach, who I absolutely loved and revered my sophomore year when I was miserable at an unpaid internship in Washington, D.C., a full bone eating disorder that summer, just like totally lost and confused in the who am I, what am I, what am I supposed to be doing, and called him and told him I just could not do it anymore. Like I was dying on the inside. Um, wow. That was the first time I had ever quit something. It was the first time I'd ever really listened to myself and what was working and what was not working. Um, and I can remember that conversation with like so much vivid clarity. It's crazy. And um, so as much pain as it was, I'm really grateful for that experience because it taught me how to put up my first, like, let's say, post in the ground of a boundary. Wow. Yeah. That's wild. Okay. so after sophomore year, then did you continue at Yale? Remind me, um, did you finish out your four years at Yale? And, mm -hmm. um, and what was your degree? And then let's go on the worldwide journey. Sure. Um, yeah, I finished my, I had two normal years, I call them at Yale, uh, just a full of self-expression and discovery. I was an American studies major, which was really interesting studying how, like why we are the way we are on like a cultural and um, social structure level. Um, when I think back on it, I'm like, why was I that major? But honestly, rowing was such a roadblock to a lot of the classes that I wish I could have taken, which were psychology, environmental science, because um, we couldn't take labs because otherwise we'd lose our seat in our boat. Um, but it's interesting because it really taught me how to think on a complex macro level. And so for that, I'm grateful. And I still am like, what the heck is that major? You know, <laughs> like interesting and juicy and like very liberal artsy, but like, no marketing. Well, no see, there you go. Those are the great uh, no adjectives. <laughs> Interesting, juicy, and very liberal artsy. And as a liberal <laughs> art major, 
I, you and I are very liberal artsy. Well, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Boost Power Podcast, and we will be right back. You are listening to Boost Power Podcast with your host, Betsy Wiersma. We are part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network, women who amplify their voices and are committed to inspiring all people with podcasts on purpose. Enjoy these true stories and proven business tips for your business and your life. Now, back to Boost. Hi, we're back. I know you're with Katie. She's at Yale. She's liberal artsy. Okay, so you're, <laughs> if you're wondering what her descriptors are on her uh, Zoom screen, she can put liberal artsy, and that will be a good descriptor for her. So um, she graduates from Yale, and the crowd's waiting. And then what? Katie, take it away. And then Katie felt like the rug had been ripped from underneath her little feet. Yeah, that summer, summer of 2013, really stunk. I loved the school. It was endless opportunity, except for if you did not want to pursue like big five, big three consulting, finance, law, or medicine. Yep, and those so, liberal artsies at Yale, you know, who who's even heard liberal of artsies. <laughs> I tell you, they end up Where's in a stew your little box. <laughs> they end up in a stew somewhere in Colorado. I don't know, the liberal artsy Yale, Yale grads. <laughs> I'm I'm having such a good time talking about this because you get it. Yeah, I I totally I like I'm like, oh, that's when I quit in college too. We have parallel lives. I'm just 20 years older than you. Other than that, yeah. we got parallel lives. Okay, so Which so is then why I love camp experience, small plug, but it's so powerful to connect with women of all different ages that get it. And that's I why find... we rewrote it in the stew book because those of us who know and we're taking aside, those of us who know about our network here in Colorado and now we have a global sisterhood, when you get plugged in which is free by the way, and it's not a funnel and we're not telling you you're not enough and we're not gonna sell you stuff. We just want all women to come together for good, good times, good works. And we've raised a million dollars doing that. So um, when you get plugged into this, you can feel the energy of a Katie. And it's so inspirational to me to see her generation coming up behind some of us and know that we have lots of things in common and lots of things that are different. Um, but the key is we can all agree to do good in the world, whatever that looks like for us. And so, okay, we're, okay, we came back into the lane. We went aside, we're back. Okay, so now you're having this miserable summer and you do make a choice that changes everything um, because I have never been on a global tour by myself and you are the brave one that did. So tell everyone about your choices to find yourself. Well, the first thing I did is I chose to take this job at a PR and communications consulting firm in DC, which sounded good. It sounded fancy. It sounded impressive. And I knew it was going to look good on my resume. And I put quotes around that. Um, and I absolutely hated it. <laughs> yeah, I would call my parents crying <laughs> because it was like being a square peg pounded into a round hole. Yeah. Um, and there were some, you know, some weeks, some months, some, you know, half of a year that were good and where I found my flow and my creativity and my autonomy and my contribution. Um, but overall, I felt very unseen there. Um, and so, like on the outside, I think I, and I wrote about this in my story, the stories we tell ourselves. Um, the story I was telling myself was that this is how I was going to meet success to be in the corporate world, to have a fancy job 
to wear like specific clothes and, and not in a, in a way that's highly materialistic, but I wanted to look the part to seem like I had, I was playing the part um, and not to be so extra or liberal artsy. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. She had the big job in the big city. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so and everything that... was great, right? Everything was great. Family, friends, was making some good money, had great health. Um, but there was this like core emptiness that I felt inside and I like didn't know what it was. I kept looking around like, how does everyone feel? Like look like they feel so happy and joyful and whole. Um, and welcome to being 25, having no idea what the heck you're doing in this world or what who you are. And it's like simultaneously the best and the worst feeling in the world because you're in a process of constant self-discovery and running into you know the walls to then bounce back out um and so I'll never forget this one night I think it was like December 14th 2015 when a friend that I uh, worked with called me up and like was rambling and asked me are you happy and it was such a profound question because I had never really asked, I had never given myself the permission to ask myself such a simple but meaningful and important question because honestly, I thought that was the status quo. I thought that's what life had to be. Um, I, I kind of resigned at 25 to this is what life looks like, right? If you want to be X or do X. Um, and so she told me about the Landmark Forum. Holler out there to all my Landmark graduates. Yeah, I'm a um, Landmark graduate, as you and I shared. Yeah. It was pivotal for me to learn about how important your story is, the stories we tell ourselves, and which is that's yeah. the topic in the stew book. So you, you've got a little new, let's just call all that a shift in perspective, right? Exactly. You got a shift freedom in back. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and that's what I got too. I got the power back mm-hmm. to, to choose. Um, and I think that's what was so powerful about that. And so what did you choose? The crowd is on the edge of their seat. Yeah. I chose to quit my job. I chose to quit my job after working there for almost four years and pursue this like tiny little but very compelling dream of backpacking and traveling throughout the world. So I quit my job right before, right after Christmas of 2016 um and said to everyone bye i'll see you in seven months probably we'll be back here and little did i know i traveled for about a year and a half in southeast asia new zealand and australia had no plans had about 11 or twelve thousand dollars that i saved made money along the way bought a car in, uh, in new zealand with a bed in the back and lived in that for a while which my dad to his dismay was like you have an ivy league degree and now you're homeless very cool. So glad I spent all that money on your college education. Um, and I say that being, you know, with the acknowledgement to my parents of being highly supportive and trusting in my process that I had to uh, bump against some wall, bump against some walls to figure out like who I am and what mattered and who I wanted to choose to be in this world. So yeah, it was awesome. Lots of high highs, some valleys. <laughs> A lot of conversations with myself in the woods. I was like embodying my best Emerson. Oh, there you um, go. Yeah. <laughs> that Ivy League degree and all that literary training really helped you. You found your best Emerson. There you go. Exactly. There you go. Well, I appreciate that in the book, you really talked about, um, again, the stories you were telling yourself along the way. And if you would say, you know, one moment you remember from your journey when you were traveling, um, what would you, when you think back, what was one of those times where you can, you know, relive it just like you could relive that call with your coach when you mm-hmm. said, okay, I got to change this. 
Um, can you think about one time along the road that, you know, you can still go back, go right back to it? Yeah. Um, I was in Chiang Mai, Thailand, about like three months into my trip and walking along the street with these fuchsia flowers. I don't know why that was so important, but I remember looking at them being like, wow, I, I can choose joy. I can choose lightness. I can choose happiness. Um, just as I choose suffering, it's just a choice. Um, and it was, so, it was so lucid. I was like, wow, I, I'm, I'm constantly choosing how I want to be in this world. Um, yeah, and that was profound. Like that, that breaking transparency where I, I really saw myself. Yeah. I totally, and you know, you and I have the travel thing in common and we are taping this in the almost fall of 2020 while we're still world, the world's still dealing with the pandemic. And it's funny, I have times from my journeys that as I sit here so far away from traveling in my basement since, you know, March that I can still remember. And for me, I was at the monkey castle in India, (laughs) the monkey palace. And it's a place where the people would come as a pilgrimage and wash themselves in the the river, um, in this water that was holy and blessed, right? And I still remember just the juxtaposition to this American girl from the Midwest that put herself through college and worked at McDonald's, standing in a land so far away, so close to tradition that is, you know, so different than what I knew in such a beautiful visual space and in such a sacred place that was in this world. And so now sitting in my basement, I did take a picture that I think I wasn't supposed to take. I think it was no pictures, mm-hmm. but I did snap something that I think it's right over there. Um, but I, you know, I can go back there and go, wow, that is in the world. Those people are in the world. They're still going through what we're all going through. Um, and I can put myself into that space and be so grateful that I have that memory, you know, and that snapshot of other than what I knew, right? And that even though my mom and dad said I couldn't go with up with people, I figured out a way and got around the world. And they were ultimately so proud, um, you know, and still kind of confused. I think my mom always used to say, are you Barbara Walters yet? Because (laughs) that was the woman that she thought was successful you know, from her generation. And she would say, I'm not exactly sure what my daughter does, but I think she's going to be Barbara Walters one day. <laughs> I think I'm like, mom, it didn't really make that. But, well, awesome. Well, um, we just appreciate you being part of the Camp Experience Network and part of the stew, Katie. And for all of you, you can get the stew at campexperience.com backslash store. And uh, it's a 200 page color edition with all of these stories, just like Katie's, that come from the heart, that come from the soul, and have all kinds of art and insights surrounding them. And I promise it's like nothing you have ever seen. (laughs) I uh, um, have spent 20 years really visioning what a book would look like to serve the world. And I am so blessed to have 60 of my camp sisters and friends join me in this journey. Um, To end the podcast today, we always pick a card. This is a deck your boss and I have recently created. And you got Um, from the Happy Life Connection Cards, you got Expand Where. That's a good one for you. Expand Where, Katie. As you hear those prompts, what would you tell the listeners? So is this something that I want to expand into? Yeah, that you want to expand into. Um, My current journey is 
to really step into my own CEO skin and expand how I serve and show up as like a servant leader in my communities. I am part strategy consultant and facilitator, part ontological coach, part program designer. Um, and I really, really, really love working with people so that they can experience their own power as a creative and competent human. Um, that's something I feel very, like it makes me want to cry. So to roll back the limiting beliefs and enhance one's sense of power and fulfillment. Um, and so that's what I'm up to in this world of consulting and advising and coaching. Um, and so the next year, it looks like me stepping more fully into that. Good. Being of service and finding my voice and showing up fully for other humans so that yeah, they get that, to have big breakthroughs. That is a huge, a huge way to serve. And I can attest to your quality ability. I've worked with Katie and her partner, Chris, in Arlesol here in Colorado. Uh, and I know the good work you do with veterans and entrepreneurs and um, some of our camp sisters. So I call you out for that. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, if, if people want to get a hold of you, you can find her through the Stu page on the campexperience.com uh, website, campexperience.com backslash the stew. We'll have contact information there, but also you can just tell them if they're listening away, if they're just really moved by your story or they need some amazing coaching, or they really feel like you can help them stop those limit the uh, Yale uh, art. I'm not going to call you artsy, you know, uh, a Yale major with a global experience could really pull them out of their rut. Tell them how to find sure. you. Sure. Yeah. So from human to human, I see you, I hear you. That's the blessing of the discomfort and the pain, <laughs> like overcoming that and understanding the full depth of a human experience. And so if what I've shared resonates with you, you can reach out to me at Katie, K-A-T-I-E at Arlesol, A-R-L-O-S-O-U-L.com to have a conversation and explore what could be possible. Awesome. Absolutely love that. And everybody who talks to Kitty would absolutely love any moment you spend with her. And they do have a product where you can kind of do a breakthrough where you can go from where you are and really get it out of your head. And they help you organize that. I did that process and I have referred many, many of my friends to that process because it is awesome. Um, thank you for listening to Boost Power Podcast. Today is the, the first day of the rest of your life, right? And that's the power right there that Katie and I are talking about is like, it's one way. And if it's not working, you can change it because you have the power of you. So I hope you've enjoyed this interview with Katie. I hope you find her in the Stew Book, Smart Talk, Exceptional Women. And please uh, share this podcast with others who can benefit from our uplifting energy and ideas. Subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform. We would love to serve you. This is your host, Betsy Weersma. Thank you for listening to Boost Power Podcast and plugging into stories from the journey of business and life. Our music today is by singer-songwriter Megan Burt. We are recorded at Cinder Sound Studios and we're part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network. Women who amplify their voices and are committed to inspiring all people with podcasts on purpose. Learn more at globalsisterhoodpodcastnetwork.com.